0: Greetings and welcome to the podcast show, Touching People for Heaven, with your host, Preacher John. God bless you, my friend. I pray in the name of Jesus that there will be something here in this episode that you can use in your life and the life of your family and your friends. Okay. Are you ready? You got your tea? I got my tea, my Trader Joe's green tea sitting on the desk. And uh, I'm all warmed up, ready to go. I've got a great show today. I'm excited. This show here has a lot of uh, little stories kind of mixed in. It's kind of unique. Funny how when I sit down, I never know exactly what I'm going to write, but I just start writing. I'm absolutely loving this uh, new medium of creating shows with my voice and talking to you because I know I am talking to the right person at the right time with the right message and i pray that something here in this episode does touch your life in jesus name all right so let's get started this is episode number 16 and is titled take heed lest any man deceive you and this is found in mark 13:5 and today is tuesday february 5th 2019 and it's about 8.42 p.m. as I'm doing this recording. 8.42, how about that? Almost almost the exact same time every day. Uh, anyways, so take heed lest any man deceive you. Mark 13.5, I'll read in the King James Version. And Jesus, answering them, began to say, Take heed lest any man deceive you. Before we get started here, I want to define the word heed, that's H-E-E-D, heed, because it's not a word we hear often in our daily conversation, nor read in any of our daily things, you know, that we read or even look at. However, it is such an important word that I want to define it right here, right off the bat, heed, H-E-E-D, heed, it means pay attention, watch out. And it's found in Genesis thirty-one twenty-four, And I have this uh, definition. It's per the King James Bible Companion by David W. Daniels. This is a wonderful tiny book that slips in, the, uh, in, in under the uh, you know, the cover of your Bible. And it's a easy, it's quick to look up words and, uh, that are used in the King James Bible. It's just really nice. You know, because those are words we normally don't hear, uh, in our everyday, you know, talking. And it's only 50 cents, and it can be had at uh, chick.com. at C-H-I-C-K.com, chick.com. This is where I get my gospel tracts from also. A little side note here, in my Sword Searcher Bible software, which I'm typing this discourse on, and, and I'm reading off as I do this podcast, I'm actually reading it off the, uh, my screen here, uh, it, it has the Bible Companion. I didn't know that. How cool is that? I was typing something and it popped up on my screen. I went, whoa, there it is right there. How about that? I didn't have to look at my little book. <laughs> oh, technology. It gets me, gets me all excited sometimes. You know, I think this uh, Sword Searcher is so amazing. I love it. It makes writing these discourses easy for some reason. I'm actually writing the draft of my new book here in the Sword Searcher. Then I transfer it to another cool piece of software called uh, Scrivener, S-C-R-I-V-E-N-E-R, Scrivener. That's an English company from Great Britain. Scrivener, uh, which that too is an amazing work of art and science. I just love it. God has provided so many really cool, wonderful tools for me to use in publishing his gospel. Then added on top of all this is the podcasting system that is beautiful and simple. It, you know, at least for me, I'm trying to keep it really simple. I'm just using some of the parts that I uh, I know I can use, and uh, and I stay away from the complexity of how it could be very, very complicated. But I'm trying to keep things super simple because you know, being a trucker, things have to stay simple so I can understand them all. <laughs> all right. Uh, Because, you know, if they get too complex, I just, I get lost in the, all the stuff. I just get lost in it. And then I, I just quit. I just give up and I quit. And I, and, you know, I don't want to quit. I just don't want to quit. Another point I want to make here is, is that when defining words in the King James, I understand that this is the only version that I'm aware of. Uh, that is uh, that this is possible in, and what it is is, and plus I'm still not exactly sure if this point, you know, of this point because I'm still kind of studying on it. But it's a good one. The idea is that you use scripture to define scripture, use scripture to understand scripture. It's sort of like this, when you um sidetracked. Something popped up on my screen on my computer. It's oh, technology. Is so unnerving sometimes. <laughs> I'm sorry, folks. Um, you know, use scripture in Instagram. It's sort of like this. When looking for the definition of a certain word, find it at the first mentioning of that word in the scripture. For example, the word heed is first found at Genesis 31-24. And then it's found after that 80 more times, or a total of 80 times in the King James Bible, Old and New Testament. When you find the word at the first mentioning of it, look at the verses surrounding that word. In there should be an explanation of that word or an example given to demonstrate what that word means plus any time the definition of a word is changed you know sometimes definitions of words change as time goes on well even in the king james the same thing happens when it does god changes the definition to match the current time as you know the king james, you know the bible was written over you know a long period of time it wasn't written in one afternoon <laughs> it was over, and plus you know like 66 books and How many authors people say? 40 authors? I don't know all those details exactly, but a whole lot of authors over a long period of time. (laughs) Let's just say that. And it's all one solid book and has one cohesive theme from cover to cover. It's absolutely a miracle. So even when times change, God changes the uh, definition. And God then gives a new demonstration or a new example of what that word is now meaning. It's really quite simple and really fascinating to me. Kind of a simple-minded guy, you know. (laughs) It's actually pretty cool. I tried this many times, and it's it's accurate. It's sort of scary, though. Even when dictionaries were invented, such as the Daniel Webster's 1828 Dictionary, which I have here on The Sword Searcher, Webster used the King James Bible to define the words in the dictionary. How cool is that? You know, as time went on, though, the root of the word definitions can still be found in the scriptures of the King James Bible. That's, a, that's just amazing. Let me tell you, the King James Bible is, miraculously created, is a miraculously created work by the Spirit of God. You know, of course, the King James follows the roots of the early manuscripts all the way back to Antioch, Syria. That, in that Syria, That's just above Jerusalem, just above Israel, on the coast, uh, just inward. I think it's like about 90 miles in, inland from um, the Mediterranean, uh, the town of Antioch. It's just still there today. Uh, it's where the Apostle Paul had his headquarters, and the early Christian church had its main headquarters or outpost uh, in Antioch. And that's where a lot of the New Testament was written in that area there. I mean, there's more to the story, but I'm just you know, I, you know I, I, guess you could say that uh, it's all pretty fascinating to me <laughs> how God has preserved His Word through all these centuries. It just uh, boggles my mind. Wow, I really got carried away with the introduction of this uh, discourse, this podcast. So let's get back to the beginning of our verse here. It's Mark nine, uh, Mark thirteen five. And Jesus answering them began to say take heed lest any man deceive you. Once again I had a large selection of verses to choose from but this is the one chosen. Today's verse verses run from let's see from Mark 12:21 all the way through Mark 14:25 that's about let's see what that's 86 verses. And I had underlined or circled or marked 39 verses of the 86. I, I, I went and counted it. <laughs> it's like I can write it in my discourse here. And I had to pick just one for this discourse. How do you pick one out of 39? How would you do it? You know, there's lots of ways to select one verse. You know, the process of elimination. and I mean, there's all kinds of ways. However, from my point of view, There's only one way. I know people just get so frustrated with me as a preacher when I say there's only one way. People say there's all kinds of ways. Well, yeah, there's all kinds of ways, but to me, from my point of view, there's only one way. And do you guess what it is? (laughs) I bet you already know what it is. There's only one way to pick the one single verse to write on. You guessed it. I asked the Holy Spirit, which one do you want me to write on? And because I ask with belief, knowing by faith that the Holy Spirit will absolutely tell me, I just ask as a child. would ask their mom or dad, which one do you like? It's sort of comical when you think along the lines of being a kid. because. Now, I've always considered myself uh, a kid. You know, my whole life has been like a kid. It's, I don't know, just the way I see it. You know, being childlike comes pretty easy for me, actually. I also know that being kidlike is not easy for lots of grown-ups. I think that's kind of sad. I will always choose to be like a kid, but with adult responsibilities. That is a key point, (laughs) adult responsibilities. You know, you can be a kid, but you still got to pay your bills on time. All right, when we stay childlike, let me get another sip of tea here. I'm getting a little frustrated. Man, that is, I don't know what it is with that green tea, but it's just a, I guess it's becoming part of the show. I think this is like the fourth, third, fourth, or fifth time I've used my Trader Joe's green tea. uh, And then I have it in a uh, a coffee cup that uh, comes from World Market. So (laughs) my whole house is like a a World Market or a Pier 1 showroom. (laughs) It's pretty funny. But uh, anyways, I digress as usual. It's my show. (laughs) All right. Let's let's go on here. Let me find where I am. Uh, Let's see. See, I say, when we stay childlike, then we can read a verse like this one. Yeah. And Jesus answering them began to say, we can stop right there and accept that Jesus is willing to answer our questions. Jesus is ready with the response. If we just ask. And even when Jesus doesn't want to tell us the answer, he will give us what we need to hear at that time. Then our question still gets answered. You know, I I never liked it when people would teach me or tell me or say to me, God sometimes says no. I hate the word no. I mean, the word no is good because there are times that no is the best word to use. However, I'm referring to times when we ask honestly, from our heart, like a child would. It's always best, if the parent provides an answer, that as a child, we can grasp, we can understand. After all, being a child is not being an adult. This is still where I see much of the struggle with understanding God's Word, and how God operates. Many approach God as a Grown-up, as an adult, as a, what I call, stick in the mud. (laughs) Look at this here. Take heed. Now, that means something to me. It should really mean something to every kid, even if they never heard the word heed, because it sounds scary. Heed. (laughs) It sounds scary, actually, doesn't it? You know, if you just kind of scream that out, heed. It sounds scary kind of gets your attention, doesn't it? You know, I mean, that's, that's being a kid. Things get your attention quickly. But, you know, our attention span sometimes is pretty short, too. So, so using a small word as, with one, two, three, four letters, you know, you hear what I just did? I had to count the letters. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh, that's what a kid would do. A kid would say, st- oh, one, two, three, four. Four letters. <laughs> that's what a kid would do. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Must be the green tea. <clears throat> All right. You know, I remember my boss at Youngman Trucking, Bill Jordan. Bill told me for the first two years at Youngman, he would say this, pay close attention to my driving. Bill said that at the beginning of almost every trip I took, which I take about one to two trips a week, each trip being was from uh, Redding, California, up to Seattle, Washington. Then I'd unload my produce, and then I'd go over the hill over Snoqualmie Pass to Wenatchee, Washington. And somewhere near there, I would load apples, then back down Highway 97 to Weed and on to, into to um, Redding on I-5, which is about a 48-hour turn, give or take, and about, you know, roughly 1,500 miles, plus or minus. But Bill said, pay close attention to my driving so much that I wrote it on a note and then I laminated it and Then I kept it in my logbook for the entire 27 years at Youngman. You know, just a note here, I wasn't there every year for 27 years. I took some time off to do missionary work. Then I'd always come back. But I took off two or three times to go do missionary work, and, but I always came back and went right back to my same, same run, always going north, ready to Seattle and back. But think about that. I would read that little note nearly every trip for all those years. Why? Remember the definition I read earlier? I said the word heed means to pay close attention, to watch out. It's a very important word. Because it's like our verse for today. Jesus said to me, and he said to you and to whomever wants to hear it, take heed. Pay attention. Watch out. What would you do if someone you regarded as superior or more intelligent or someone of you know high authority, a professor, let's say, someone you look up to, and they said, pay attention, watch out, take heed, you know, what would you, would you ignore them? Would you consider the source? Would you think about it? Would you flip it off and say, "Oh, they don't know what they're talking about?" This could be something serious in life: my life and your life, in your life of your friends and your life of your family. You know, we don't know. You know they're saying something that is for our benefit, not necessarily their benefit. I remember when I got out of the U.S. Navy, I got out on March 26, 1975. And I took a job as a turquoise miner, mining turquoise, at the Shoshone Mining Company in Austin, Nevada. Remember, I'm from Reno, so Austin is just right in the middle of the state of Nevada, right? Almost zero, right in the middle of the state, if you look at the map. It's a tiny little town, about 100 people population. It was founded in the 1800s during the mining era, during the Civil War era. Lincoln made... uh, Abraham Lincoln made uh, Nevada a state, so he can uh, so he could get the uh, silver and the gold to help fund the uh, Civil War. So that's why Nevada has an early uh, statehood. Just a little side note there. <laughs> Anyways, we mined at an open pit at the ten thousand foot level, somewhere about an hour or so out of Austin. We had a D nine Caterpillar, which is the largest. Caterpillar tractor made with a rock blade on it. We would drill 20-foot holes, which were about two inches in diameter, along the face of the wall, probably about 10 to 15 holes or so. I can't exactly remember how many. Then we would fill those holes with sticks of dynamite and prell. I think that was the stuff that the Unabomber used in the Oklahoma City bombing. Not quite sure, though. It's a white, round-like rice grain stuff that would help the dynamite blow up bigger. (laughs) Something like that. Anyways, after the holes were loaded up and the fuses attached and laid out on the ground all the way back to the plunger, which was quite a long distance away, as you can imagine, we would all hide behind the D9 and yell, Watch out! Or whatever you would say. But I remember those words more more than any other words he would yell out. And when he would sell, he yell, watch out, he would push the plunger and kaboom. Wow. It was like the whole mountain would shake. I think it was the most amazing thing to watch, and the noise was beyond imagination. You know. The point of the story is my boss, Al, was his name, he told me that when you heard the letter. W of watch out, you better be gone instantly. Al made it so clear to me one day, watch out, and it scared me so much that I backed the pickup off the cliff, hung by the front two wheels, and then the kaboom happened. I think I might have died that day. Thank God I was already saved. That pickup shook like a rag doll, but it didn't fall off the cliff. Because I couldn't get out of the truck, the doors, both of them were off the cliff. Al was a blankety-blank, blank, blank, blank. blank. (laughs) He was just so very mean. I had a hard time putting up with his meanness. The truck was covered in dust and rock, and so was I. Then Al hooked the D9 up to the frame of the truck and pulled it up onto the level ground. Never again did I hang around after the letter W. Can you see now why when you see the words, take heed, this is not just a cute little saying that is nice to read and not to take serious. Take it serious, my friend. Jesus is not messing around. He's not messing around with this creation. Remember, he's the boss. You know, this verse in Mark, 13:5 and Jesus answering them began to say take heed lest any man deceive you has you know after those illuminating words take heed lest any man deceive you now that is some serious words to consider or rather take heed to how can we not be deceived oh it's so simple But so time-consuming, and of course the world does everything it can to keep every Christian from this. Do you know what it is? What is it? That's right. Study God's Word. Folks, it's all there right in front of us. Everything we need to live our life in Jesus Christ is in the Bible. The Word of God. The Gospel. Amen. Here now is the problem. (laughs) you could say, now what, John? Well, it's like this. Man, deceitful man, man filled with the devil, man following after Satan, you know, this kind of a man, deceiving us by corrupting the very words of God. How is it that you say? Look, if we can't read clearly what God wants us to know, then how can we not be deceived by man, you know, evil man. You know, this is an entire topic that many Christians and preachers don't want to talk about. Now, I don't mind talking about it. I'd love to talk about it. Let's sit down right now and talk about it. But it'd probably be about a four-hour dissertation, but I don't want to do that. (laughs) Okay? I'll save us both the agony. (laughs) So what I'm going to do is just say the simple answer and I'll tell you what, I'll just leave it for another discourse and another podcast show. Okay? So let me use this verse here. 2 Timothy 2.15, King James Version. Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study the King James Bible Authorized Version. With this single book, you will be well prepared to do what our verse today is telling us. And Jesus, answering them, began to say, Take heed, lest any man deceive you. Take heed, my beloved. Know that God loves you. Good night.